Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bootstrap Founder Podcast. My name is Avid Kahl, and I talk about how you can start, run, and sell a bootstrap business. This episode is called The Boring Truth of Successful Products That Survive. Let's get started. Most products that you will see staying on the market have something in common. They do one thing very well, and not much else. Weber sells grills, barbecues, that are fantastic at grilling. The furthest that they ever strayed into new territory so far has been by adding an app-readable thermometer. But still, that gimmick and anything else about their products are focused on making using their grills a great barbecuing experience. That's what it is about, having a barbecue that grills. In the SaaS space, Stripe is a great example for that. It provides a clean, well-designed, and programmer-friendly service that allows you to charge your customers. That's all. While Stripe as a company offers a few adjacent services, their focus is always on making getting paid by your customers as comfortable and low friction as possible. It also means that they won't offer any fancy, complicated products that integrate into your CRM or marketing tools. For that, they just started a third-party marketplace. Only when it benefits all of their customers will they add new features into their core product. Because simple beats complicated. So how can you stay simple? Simplicity is achieved by reducing complexity and not introducing it in the first place. So there's a couple of themes I want to talk about today. And the first one is focus on doing one thing very well. Because every profession has its specialized tools. Doctors operate using specific scalpels and clamps and plumbers have their pliers and their wrenches. And it's no surprise that the best kind of cutting tools you can buy for cooking are called chef's knives. The best result in your work will come from using the best tools at your disposal. And every professional tool excels at one particular job. As a bootstrap founder, you want your product to do the exact same thing. Being laser-focused and creating a product that solves one problem very well is not just a good idea. It's a requirement for founders without giant heaps of money. The fact that you only have limited resources available means that you need to be very picky about how to spend them. Your money and your time should be put into creating as much value as possible. And if you're working on a professional tool that solves one particular problem and nothing else, you will always know what to work on. I'm aware that this is easier said than done because farmers naturally think expansively. They see something great and they imagine it to be even greater. And software is particularly alluring as it's so easy to add more things. And when you look at your product and your business, you really need to think of a chef's knife instead of a Swiss army knife. Because you don't see famous chefs slicing their vegetables with a Swiss army knife, right? The customer's who buy your product also purchase many other products and your chances of building a successful business are higher if you create something that no one else can make instead of trying to develop a product that does everything for everybody. This is not to say that all-round tools like the Swiss Army Knife, to stretch this metaphor even more, aren't useful. But to make a product that does a lot of things really well, you need a lot of resources and expertise. The chances are that if you're a solo founder or in a small team, tackling one specific challenge can be accomplished much more realistically. 
So that's the first point, focus on doing something really well. The second point is keeping your software and processes simple. I guess simplicity can only be accomplished if every part of your operation is as simple as possible. Your product, your software, your infrastructure, and even how you go about your daily business. Many of the ways to make your software product simpler can also be applied to your business processes. One of the ways is optimizing for hot paths. In your software, some modules or functions will be executed more often than others. If your product is an image thumbnail generating cloud service, for example, the part that resizes user uploaded files into different ready-to-be-delivered images will run all day long. And if you can spend your work on speeding this single process um, up by 5%, your whole service will be 5% more efficient. When you want to start simplifying your software, look for these hot paths. It's the low-hanging fruit for optimization. And the same is valid for processes that you regularly have to do. At Feedback Panda, we used to reach out to our customers manually whenever a charge to their credit card would fail. We would have to do this every day, at first for 10 minutes a day. And a few weeks later, this task would take almost an hour because we had just had more customers. And with more customers came more credit card charge bounces. That's when we noticed that it was ripe for optimization. I built an automation process that would automatically inform customers about their problem and how to fix it, tell them who to call at the bank or that they should call their bank in the first place. And only a few customers would have any additional questions because if you give them clear instruction, then they know what to do. And we cut down the time for this task to effectively zero because it was completely automated. Do this with hot pass all over your business. And that could be tedious manual processes, resource-intense tasks, and software components. If you optimize the hot path often enough, you'll end up with a very streamlined business. A second approach to keeping your software and processes simple is ignoring calls for features by your customers. Because your customers will always ask for things. Some of these things will make a lot of sense, but you're still better off not turning them into features just yet. Every customer sees their own problems and they envision a solution tailored to their own needs. And often this solution conflicts with the perceived solution of another customer who's fine with the things, the way things are, or they would stand to be confused even by any addition. So everything you add to your product is a source of potential confusion and friction. Until you can make sure that the vast majority of your customers benefit from a feature, don't add it just yet. Consider it. Sure, build a little prototype if you must and see how a feature would impact your product, but beware of releasing it too soon. Once customers start integrating something into their workflows, it'll be tough to remove. Even when it clearly makes things worse, people will still stick with it and be confused if it's gone. So, th- yeah, that it's, it's really important that you consider this, but don't act too rashly on it. Make sure there's some validation, at least, to the necessity of a feature before you implement it. Also beware of edge cases and creating features to solve them because there will always be a new edge case cropping up somewhere and it will feel like adding one more feature might solve the problem there and then, but this will also create a lot of bloat that's very difficult to remove over the long term. So if there are edge cases, always make this kind of judgment to see if it's really necessary to handle this 
and build something for it, or if it can be accomplished in a different way, by structuring your application in a different way, structuring the interface differently. There's a lot of solutions that don't need a new feature in your product to deal with an edge case. Sometimes education, educating a customer, is the first and most important part. Features are not the answer all the time. But it's also important to kind of communicate this. Towards your customers, don't defend or justify your actions too much. Tell them that you've noted their requests and you'll work on making sure to solve their problem. The, the wording here is chosen in a particular way, right? You're not working on building the feature that they requested, but you're working on making sure to understand and solve the underlying problem. Be appreciative that they brought something to light and thank them for that, even if you don't think it warrants a feature. Customer that reports issues when they happen is better than one that just cancels their subscription silently. So be thankful and promise them to deal with the problem, but don't promise that their solution is going to be the thing they'll be seeing. The third important step here in making things simpler is that when you change something, those changes should affect as many customers as possible. Whenever you consider making a change to your product, have it improve the lives of all users at the same time. If you solve 10 different problems and speed up one of them by 100%, and the rest kind of don't speed up at all, you'll still leave most of your customers receiving zero benefits from that. If you do one thing only and speed up your product by 10%, for everybody, all of your customers will benefit from that immediately. And a small improvement for all of your customers has the same impact as a significant improvement for a few. And it will compound over time for everybody. Every customer will benefit from the change and focusing on simplicity allows you to optimize your product and stay adaptive when things change. So when in doubt, go for the most overall impact. That often means choosing the harder problem to solve instead of just going for the low-hanging fruit. And that's not the same as optimizing for the hot path. That kind of low-hanging fruit is a different kind, but... When it comes to the impact of changes, the low-hanging fruit are the things that are easily solved for a couple customers, but the hard ones are the things that impact everybody. So that's good. That's It being hard might sound like a negative, but it's actually great because that's um, what you need to go for because the low-hanging fruit is the thing that your competition will go for first. Anyway, so take the thing that's hard to solve and... Just do that every time you look into which problem to solve next. After a while, you will be so far ahead of anyone else. The third thing that is really important when it comes to simplicity and building a product that survives is making the product extensible. Software products can be made extensible in two significant ways, by modularizing them internally and by making them easy to integrate with. Let's talk about both of those things. For your own development comfort, I always suggest modularizing your software. This will make it easy to add new components later in the lifetime of your product. And modular software, by design, has a high separation of concern. It has explicit dependencies and well-defined interfaces. Technically speaking, every function is neatly wrapped in a package or module that can be tested and maintained independently. This might not sound important, and it might not even be important when you start, but it will become essential when you start building a team of developers later. 
And while modularization is an eternal attempt at making a product more extensible because it makes it easier to build things for, it's also required for external extensibility. If you want others to be able to interface with your service, you need to expose usable interfaces to them. Right? They need to have something usable to work with. Building modular software will train you to get to the point where you can interface with other services easily. And the concept behind external extensibility is very simple. It's pretty much let others do the work. Build a marketplace for plugins into your product, just like Intercom has been doing. Provide an API for your service, as Stripe has been serving like, to their uh, technical customers. Provide easy-to-replicate integrations into your service so that users who want to embed your product into their own product have an easy time doing your work for you. And often this just really involves extensive documentation. This might seem like a lot of work, but it has two purposes, one of which people usually forget, so make sure to mention it here. It'll make integrating your service easier for potential partners. That's the main deal. But it will also be an asset for when you choose to sell your business. A well-documented pile of software and standard operating procedures with step-by-step -step instructions and tutorials will work just as well internally for you and your employees as it will work externally for your partners and integrators, and finally, people who might want to acquire you. Onboarding a completely new team into a business that has everything figured out and well-documented is very easy, and you'll see that in the offer you'll get for your business. So just kind of summarizing this, I believe that successful products are the result of focusing on solving a single problem by providing a lean, long-term oriented, highly extensible service that grows better for every single user with every carefully added feature. That being said, let me share with you a few personal stories of how I completely ignored everything I just told you about from my past. With my, um, the, the local food startup that I had here in Berlin, uh, we had this grand vision of building the ultimate platform for our farmers and local food. It was really nice. It was supposed to be super usable by our vendors, the, the farmers selling their products, or the, which was produce or baked goods, meat, all kinds of food. And at the same time, we wanted to be the to be extremely usable for all the foodies and food conscious hipsters here in the city of Berlin. We wanted to be an e-commerce site in that regard with all the searching and the categorization and all these kind of things. So we kind of wanted to be two great things at once. And on the other hand, we also wanted to foster a community around sustainability. And so we built a farmer's market tracker into the product, which even showed where the food um, from any particular market came from. It was really nice. And it does sound a bit ambitious, right? And yes, it was way more than a team of three could ever build to the level of quality that we wanted it to be. If we'd focused on just one of those things, it would have been more than enough to build something meaningful. But we didn't. We tried to build all of this. And in the end, it just didn't work out. And it didn't just work out because we took, or we kind of bit off more than we could chew. It also worked out for a different additional reason. It didn't work out for additional reasons. Um, we just didn't focus on getting people to use the product. We built more and more features, but we never showed it to more than a handful of people. We had a perfectly workable map-based search, but 
we didn't just release it at that point. We added tagging and category search, took us weeks to build, but we never ever validated any part of the product. It was really, we talked to our vendors who are mostly farmers. They told us what they wished for and we built it, right? That's what we did. And when we had those features available, we showed it to them and they didn't use it, still didn't use it. Why? Well, in retrospect, it's fairly easy. They were farmers and we completely forgot to see a product from their operational perspective. Farmers in the fields, they're growing pumpkins, they're growing strawberries. They're not on Reddit or they're not scheduling Twitter marketing posts. They, no matter how many cool animations or form elements we'd add to our forms where they could input the weight of their produce, they just didn't want to take the time to do it. It's not even wanting to. They just didn't have the time, right? And that's the one central learning here. If your product's perceived value isn't clear, if it's not jumping out of them, and if JAWS don't drop when they hear you talk about the service and show it to them, then no number of features will help you. That's why ever since that experience, I've been building scalpels instead of Swiss Army knives. Or to use, I guess, the, the earlier example, chef's knife, right? Something that is precisely attuned to the purpose, the one critical, clear purpose that it's supposed to actually help you accomplish. And that's why ever since then, I've been searching for the one critical problem instead of things that may or may not be nuisances or little problems to people. That's why I skipped over building interesting products that may or may not have a market. Because it's just important to really, really get the critical problem solved for people. Otherwise, you will never know if you're actually looking at a validated problem. There are many kinds of validation you can find for your business. You can validate your audience, their critical problem, your solution, and finally your product. And I usually suggest that in my writing, particularly those steps um, in that order. But there's only one true validation that will make or break your business. And that's, can you attract paying customers and build lasting relationships with them? When you build and grow your business, that should be the central focus of all your efforts. Because you want your business to be around a year after you launch. That is the ultimate validation. When you launch and you're still around a year later. Doesn't mean the other things are not part of it, but they are just part of it, right? You still can have everything validated and then your business just implodes a couple of weeks down the line. Well, great. All these validations, they really amount to much, right? So do you want to keep things, you need to look at the long term, when it comes to these kind of um, business decisions. And looking back at my own projects in the past, it has become clear to me that they were mostly failures because they didn't optimize for that. In a way, this is the ultimate hot path of your business. Your marketing and sales process, the kind of steps that guide your customers or prospects from not knowing anything about you to that far point in the future, which is hopefully as far in the future as possible, when they cancel their subscriptions, after years of being a loyal customer, that whole journey, every single step along that journey should be optimized. And if the, the steps you're looking at are not part of the journey, if there's something adjacent, don't optimize for them. Well, I say that now, right? But I skipped so many of those steps and I ignored so many others. And there are no hacks 
There are no shortcuts. Also something that I learned fairly painfully. Honestly, if you want to build a sustainable business, you need to have a sustainable strategy that's looking at the long term. So the steps I've outlined earlier when it comes to focusing on doing one thing very well and building a simple product and simple processes and making an extensible product will provide you with that. Laser focus, keeping the process and product simple and having extensibility as a focus will allow you to essentially build a bootstrap business that works. So thank you for listening to today's Bootstrap Founder Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Avidkal, A-R-V-I-D-K-A-H-L, and you can check out the blog at thebootstrapfounder.com. If you want to support me and the Bootstrap Founder Podcast, please leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and wherever you choose to subscribe to the podcast. It'll help other founders and founders-to-be to find the podcast and learn more about starting, running, and selling their bootstrap businesses. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.